Good morning, Northgate Baptist Church. Oh, that's sad. There's like 40 people here. Good morning, guys. It's good to see you. Merry Christmas. Uh, if you're online, welcome to our uh, worship service. Um, if you're in person, welcome as well, too. I just want to read a verse from uh, James 1.17. says, Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting waters. We can celebrate every good and perfect gift because God's given us his son Jesus to us as his perfect gift. And we're just so grateful for that to celebrate Christmas. And I hope you guys all had a great Christmas um, yesterday. If you're uh, brand new to our church, we want to get to know you. We have a special gift for you. So please connect with one of the ushers or one of the pastors. Um, half of them are gone this morning, but I'm sure you can find us out, Mark Barrett or myself. So, um, our office hours is reduced this week. So we're closed December 27th to the 29th. So just keep that in mind if you want to stop by the church. Um, having said that, uh, we are having a prayer meeting on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. So that is at noon and through Zoom as well, too. If you're interested in joining, please connect with Felix. He's just sitting in the back there. Uh, just wave, Felix. There you are. Yeah, so just connect with Felix, and he can give you uh, information on joining us in prayer. So um, year-end giving must be in before December 31st if you'd like um, a 2021 tax receipt, so just keep that in mind. Uh, we just want to thank you on behalf of the staff for all the kind Christmas cards and gifts that you congregation has given us. Uh, we truly do feel loved and blessed, so thank you so much for that. Um, I'm just going to pray, and then uh, we'll dismiss the kids after I pray. Dear God, we thank you so much for your goodness to us, Lord. We thank you, God, just for sending us your son, Jesus, uh, to be our Savior. And you uh, just recognize, God, that that's the most important thing we need is uh, someone to die for our sins. And we thank you for your son for doing that, Lord. And God, we just uh, thank you for this service. I pray for Pastor Mark. I ask that your Holy Spirit would speak through him, Father, that his words would be an encouragement to us, God, and we just uh, give our service into your hands. In Jesus' precious name, amen. All right, kids, you guys can come with me, and uh, Pastor Mark, it's, it's all yours. Thank you, Rod. Good morning, church. Glad somebody showed up today. <laughs> I too hope they had a great day yesterday, celebrating the Lord's birth together, and that uh, you're well fed, and uh, you're, you're ready to be fed with the Word of God. We had a great time with our family for the first time in like years, and so grateful for that opportunity. I'd like to invite you this morning to take your Bibles and turn with me to uh, the Gospel of Luke and chapter 2. And uh, we're going to be looking at exactly the same passage that Pastor Mark looked at last week, but it's amazing how when you look at portions of Scripture, how uh, you can get so many different 
applications and so many different ways of looking at these portions of Scripture. And uh, he looked at one portion uh, last week, and I'll be looking at another one this week. Lord, bless our time together in your word today. We just invite you by your spirit to speak to us and <clears throat> help us have ears to hear. And uh, Lord, I pray that our, our hearts and our minds will be in tune with you uh, in the next few moments. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm sure that some people would think, well, what would Christmas be without a good sale, right? Amen. <laughs> so we spend so much time, do we not? Uh, before Christmas, preparing. And I mean, if I can't help it, or if I can help it, I, I don't buy anything retail. Do you? I mean, I, I don't know. The good sale is my best friend. And so I, I just wait until it goes on sale. But, but then, you know, when, when all the presents are unwrapped and all, all uh, the tree is empty and, and all the food has been consumed and, and all the family goes home and you're left to clean the house up and it, that's completed and, and you say, then what? That, what, what's next? Then what? Uh, it, it feels kind of anticlimactic, doesn't it? When, when it's kind of all over with. We, we tend to spend so much time think, thinking about all of the pre-Christmas stuff to bring joy and peace into our lives. But this morning I want, I want to focus on what then? What, what, what happens after Christmas? And so today we're going to think about that. What happens after Christmas? And we find that story here in Luke in chapter 2, the after Christmas story. That's what we're going to focus on. Let's read that portion together this morning, beginning in verse 8 of Luke in chapter 2. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. They were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was the angel, with the angel, a multitude of heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace. Uh, among those with whom he is pleased. <clears throat> when the angel went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. Now I want you to think about this. Over 2,000 years ago, uh, peace and joy came after Christmas. We We often think of Christmas itself being the peace and the joy part, but I want you to notice this morning as we've read this portion of scripture that the peace and joy actually came after Christmas. Just think about all that we expect 
end during this pre-season Christmas time to bring joy and peace into our homes. I mean, we bake all the goodies and we buy all the presents and we do all the preparation and all the, all the decorations and we pack everything uh, in this pre-season uh, of Christmas and then we, what do we do? What do we do next week? Well, we go back to work and we go back to school and we, we go back to the regular normal living, Right? I want, I want us to think this morning about Christmas from God's perspective. God carefully wrapped his precious gift to us, his son, Jesus Christ, and laid him in a manger. And then a bunch of ragtag shepherds from the field, they come to the manger to visit the newborn king. And once they saw the newborn king, they, they go out from that place and they announce the after Christmas shepherd's sale. What could be better than that? Look again at our text at the beginning in verse 17. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying God, praising God for all that they had heard and seen, as it had been told to them. The after Christmas shepherd's sale speaks of, first of all, treasuring. What is it that you treasure the most? What is it that is the greatest treasure of your heart? Uh, maybe you received something special for, for, for a Christmas gift this year. And that's kind of your new treasure, right? For, for a while. Maybe it's something old that has been passed down to you through the generations. And that is kind of a treasure to you. A treasure speaks of something that is of great value and and worth. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 2 that the wise men came later on and visited Jesus in the house that they were now living in. And what did they bring? They brought their treasures with them to give to Jesus. And here in Luke chapter 2, when the when the shepherds came to Jesus and and they saw him, they told Mary and Joseph all that the angels had said to them when they were out in the field at night that a Savior had been born and would bring great joy to all the people. And the Bible says that Mary, what, treasured up all of these things, pondering them in her heart. In other words, these were words that were of great worth. They were of great value to Mary, and she treasured them. She pondered them. She she kept them in her heart so that she would never forget what the saying was that had been told about Jesus. When the Bible talks about God's love for us, we see the same kind of terminology being If you back up with me to the book of Deuteronomy chapter 7 and verse 6, we see the same kind of language when God talks about his love for us, where he says, for you are a people holy to the Lord your God. The Lord your God has chosen you to be a people for his what? His treasured possession. 
out of all peoples who are on the face of the earth. And then, and then when we get over into the New Testament and, and we see what Jesus has to say about us and what the, what the apostles wrote, we, we wander over to 1 Peter chapter 2 and, and we notice in verse 9 that he says, but you, you are a, what, a chosen race. You are a royal priesthood. You are a holy nation, a people for his own possession that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. You see, God has a special value, a special place in his heart for his own children. We are a treasure to God himself. And if there isn't anything else that has made you feel special, that has made you feel treasured, then please hang on to this thought that God values you, that you are a treasure in the heart and in the mind of God who values you, who wants to take care of you. I believe that the message the angels delivered to the shepherds was something that they must have treasured in their hearts. And the moment that they laid eyes on the Savior, it was more than simply a sentimental moment, but rather it was, I believe, a God moment where the reality of eternity entered into their hearts and into their minds and into their lives. And imagine what they would have missed had the angels come to them and said, Go and see the Savior who has been born. And, and they looked at each other and said, I will do it tomorrow. <laughs> uh, we're, we're pretty busy here. I mean, we've got some sheep in the, in the pasture and we're, we're getting them prepared for temple worship. And I don't know if we can leave the sheep. The wolves might come and we're just too busy to go. Imagine what they had missed had they made up some kind of an excuse for why they couldn't go to Bethlehem to see the Savior. But it said, no, immediately they went. And I think the lesson for us today is that we ought not to treasure the season as much as we treasure the Savior of the season. Treasure Jesus, Jesus Christ. Take time to discover and then value the message and the life and the work of Jesus so that you aren't just storing up treasures in this world, but that you're storing up treasures in heaven, treasures that will never devalue because they've been written in your heart. This is the treasure that we've been given in Jesus Christ. But also the after Christmas shepherd's sale speaks of telling I want you to notice what happens after the shepherds see the baby. In verse 17, we note, And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning the child. Now, you have to ask the question, what, what was it that they had been told about the child that they wanted to go and tell to others about the child? Well, you remember what the angels said to them, beginning in verse 10, the latter part of verse 10, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this was the sign, verse 12, that you will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. 
Now, of course, mangers are feeding troughs. Everybody knows that. But in ancient Israel, the feeding troughs were not the nice little, you know, wooden, uh, wooden cradles that have the nice, fluffy, clean straw in them that we normally depict in our mangers today. But, but the mangers in ancient Israel were stone. I think I have a picture of it for you today. Not like we typically see, but they were carved out of a piece of rock. They weren't comfortable. But they were a great place for protection. And that's why the priests would take their unblemished lambs, the lambs that had been marked out for temple sacrifices, and they wrapped them in swaddling cloths. And they laid them in a manger to protect them so that they would not be blemished. And that's why the only time that the mangers are mentioned in Jesus' birth is when it's told to the shepherds. Have you ever noticed that? And it's because they would have understood the power of the parallel. They knew what the cloth was. They knew what the manger meant. They were raising, after all, sacrificial lambs near Bethlehem to be transported to Jerusalem for the great sacrifice. And the baby they knew would be the perfect Lamb of God who would sacrifice His life for the sins of the world. And then later on, when the Magi arrived, they too understood who the, who the Christ was, who this child was. For they brought Him gifts of gold because He would be a king. And they brought Him in frankincense, which is incense, because he would be our high priest. And, and they brought him gifts of myrrh, which was used in burial, because he would die for the sins of the world. You see, he wasn't just a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger, but he was God, humbling himself to become the perfect sacrifice to reconcile us back to God. And so the shepherds went, and everywhere they went, and everyone they met along the roadside as they made their way back to their shepherd's sheep, back to their sheep, back to their fields, they told them that the Savior, the Messiah had been born. But how could they not talk about that? They truly believed that the Messiah had been born, the the one whom the prophets had foretold. For generations, these lowly shepherds, they knew. And did you know that what you talk about the most is probably what you treasure the most? I mean, when you talk to people, just just stop to listen to their conversation. And what they talk about the most is probably what they treasure. Some people, they talk about their jobs all the time. It's their treasure. Some people talk about, you know, the stocks that they're investing in. It's their treasure. And some people, they can't talk, can't stop talking about their grandchildren. I understand that. (laughs) It's, it's their treasure, right? We talk about what we treasure. And I'll bet this year, somebody is going to tell you, or you will tell somebody about the favorite gift that you received. This Christmas season. It's your treasure. 
We treasure what we talk about. And the shepherds told everyone about the Messiah, Jesus. He became their treasure. And we have the same message that the shepherds had today. The same message of the Messiah who came to pay the penalty for our sins. And I challenge you this season, somewhere, sometime, someplace, that you tell somebody about your treasure. I also want you to notice that the after Christmas shepherd sale talks about returning. Now, I know this is the season for returning, isn't it? Uh, all of the return aisles will be plugged full of people who are returning something that they received for Christmas. It didn't fit. It was the wrong color. They didn't want it. They didn't need it. They already have one of those. <laughs> so we're going to have a lot of returns, but that's not the returning I'm talking about. Now, I have to tell you, when I started looking at what the shepherds did after Christmas, I, I kind of got excited in my heart. I mean, it would be great to think that the shepherds were asked by the Bethlehem Christian Organization of really great eternal life-changing experiences to go on a speaking tour, right? And maybe even to write a book entitled The Shepherd's Encounter with Christmas. <laughs> but that's not what happened. The truth is that the shepherds went back to their fields and they went back to their flocks and, well, they went back to work. They didn't write a book. They didn't go on a speaking tour, but they went right back to their fields and they went right back to their sheep. What are you going to do next week? Go back to work. Some of you will go back to school. You'll go back to cleaning house and changing diapers. But the question is, has anything changed as a result of meeting Jesus? Luke chapter Verse 20 tells us, And the shepherds returned, where? To their fields, back to work, glorifying and praising for God for all that they had heard and seen, as it had been told them. Do you see the difference in their lives? They had come to see, but now they went away changed. Once their hearts were full of curiosity, but now they're full of glory, full of worth, full of honor. They came with questions in their hearts, but now they go away with praises to God on their lips. They came with hope in their heart. They go away fulfilled, knowing the truth. I, I think the shepherds must have realized as they went back to their ordinary lives, that God is with us everywhere. Well, think about it. Think about the words over in Matthew chapter 1 and verse 23. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name, what? Emmanuel. Emmanuel is another name for Jesus, and it points to his deity, and it's also a name that says God with, means God with us. And so God came to the in human form and lived amongst us. And when Jesus left this earth, he told the disciples in, in the book of John, chapter 14 and verse 16, he says, and I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper 
to be with you forever. And of course, he was referring to the Holy Spirit. And the Greek word for another means the same kind as. Another one just like me. I'm going to send him to be with you. Someone just like Jesus who will take his place and he will walk with you through life. With you always. The Greek word for helper means one called alongside to help. That's what the Holy Spirit is. That's what he does. He comes alongside of us and helps us. He carries us. He encourages us. He exhorts us. And the word be with, or in some translations, it's abide, has to do with his permanent resident in those of us who are followers of Jesus. And so God truly is with us wherever we go. So often we just assign him to certain places, to church and activities. But the reality is that he is found in our everyday lives. He goes to work with us. And whether the authorities like it or not, he goes into our schools with our Christian children. He's in our government offices. He infiltrates the police force and the military. The world can try to shut him up and move him out, but wherever there's a follower of Jesus Christ, God is there. What an after-Christmas shepherd sale. And so as we move into this new season, I encourage us to go and make Jesus look good. Make him look good by treasuring him. Make him the center of your life and make him part of all of your conversations. And then make him look good by telling others about him. The shepherds could hardly wait to leave that manger and to go out and to tell everybody that they knew about what they had seen and heard. And that's the way it is when something significant happens in our our lives, is it not? Something wonderful happens and we want to go and tell somebody about it. Hey, I just got engaged. Hey, I just got a new car. Hey, I just moved. Hey, I got a new job. We We want people to know the good news, right? Tell other people. We have to be telling other people about the greatest news ever. That Jesus has come. And finally, we can make Jesus look good by returning to our ordinary lives, realizing that he's with us wherever we go, that we might be the only representation of Jesus that some people will ever see. And we are with them. Jesus is with us, moving into that place wherever we find ourselves. You see, the post-season of Christmas doesn't have to be anticlimactic. In fact, it can be the best part of the year. It's when the after-Christmas shepherd sale (laughs) takes place. By the way, Jesus came that we might have life and that we might have it more abundantly. He came to be our Savior from sin. Sin that separates us from knowing God and having a relationship with Him both now and for eternity. For the baby you see would grow to be a man and He proved His deity among us and then He went and offered Himself on a cross to die for the penalty of our sins. 
And now the Bible says that all who will come to Him, all who will call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. You see, we can't be saved just by visiting Jesus at, at, at the stable. We, we can't be saved just by attending church. But we're saved by putting our faith in what He did on Calvary's cross by accepting His free gift of eternal life. And just like you received a gift at Christmas time from somebody and you received it and you said thank you and it was free of charge, today you can receive the free gift of eternal life simply by reaching your hand to the King of Kings and saying thank you. And He'll give you that free gift of eternal life. You can do that right now as we pray. Lord Jesus, We thank you for this great gift of eternal life that you've given to us that is available for all free of charge if we will simply receive it. Perhaps there's somebody here today listening online or here in the congregation who has never received that gift of eternal life. And you can do so right now simply by saying, Jesus, I know that I am a sinner and I know that I can only be saved through Jesus Christ who paid the penalty for my sin. And I receive that gift of eternity today. I receive the gift of forgiveness for my sin. Make me your child as I make you the King and the Lord of my life. And I pray, Lord, that if there's somebody today who said a prayer like that, that you will help them to know the joy of knowing you and that you will walk with them and let them know that you're present. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. If you receive Christ as your Savior today, I encourage you to let us know. We'd like to encourage you in your walk with God, and we have some things that we'd like to give you to help you to do that. Please rise.